it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Hey, it's Brandi Taylor, the beauty business coach. I help beauty pros get unstuck and create the beauty business of their dreams. It's truly my goal to help beauty pros work smarter and not harder. I feel that you can truly do what you love and make great money doing it and have a thriving beauty business. I want to see more of us do just that. I'm opening up my VIP beauty biz coaching program for 12 beauty bosses. If you're ready to level up your beauty business, to make more money, to work smarter and not harder, and maybe have some Saturdays off. Yes, you could definitely have Saturdays off if you build the beauty brand of your dreams. I would love to work with you. I would love to help you to create just that. I've worked with many beauty professionals on their beauty business goals, and this program is tailored just for you. Find out more about how you can work with me as your business coach by booking a call. You can check the link in the show notes. I hope to work with you soon. As always, stay great, and I'm out. Welcome to the podcast. It's a new day, a new week, and a new episode of the Business Beauty Network podcast. Welcome, welcome. I am super, super excited for today's episode. Make sure that you are subscribed wherever you're listening. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to give us a review. Reviews really help people find us. So give us a review. Just take a quick second to let us know how you're liking the podcast. Share some thoughts on your favorite episode. We want to hear from you and definitely connect with you. It really helps us. Also, connect with me on Instagram. My handle is I am Brandy Taylor. I would love to connect with you there. Screenshot your favorite episode. Tag me in the stories. Let's connect. I definitely want to hear from you on Instagram. And also follow Business Beauty Network on Instagram and Facebook as well. We want to connect with you there. Now that all of that is out of the way, we have an awesome, awesome episode in store for you today. I'm super, super excited. I had a great interview. It was so much fun. And I'm super excited to bring this episode to you. Before we get into that, make sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. We have a new YouTube channel, Biz Beauty Network, and we've been having so much fun. One of our segments on there is the Midweek Beauty News with Holly K. You really want to check that one out and watch Holly K's segment live. It's a fun segment that I love because Holly talks about everything beauty, fashion, and trends. I thought it was a great way for us to bring a fun element to the podcast. Everybody's been absolutely giving me great feedback about Holly's segment, so make sure that you check it out if you haven't done so already. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel and let us know what you're thinking about it. But you can listen to Holly's episode here on the podcast and you can also watch it live on YouTube. So check that out. Her episode will be released this week, every other Wednesday. So don't forget to subscribe and check out the Midweek Beauty News episode. But let's get into today's episode. I'm super, super excited. Guys, I met my new best friend in Helena. Oh my God. Helena's favorite color is pink. And I don't know if you guys have, you know, figured it out, but pink is my favorite color as well. 
And we both love pink. We both love, love beauty and business. And we just had such a great conversation just really talking about like how to grow and scale your beauty business. She shared so many gems and she's wise beyond her years. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this interview. Here is a little bit of Helena's bio. College dropout turned into multiple six-figure CEO. Helena started her career in the beauty industry when she was 19 years old with just a pair of tweezers and $400 to invest in her lash business. She started her business with no debt, created multiple streams of revenue, lash products, apparel, courses, and more. She's now coached over 80 plus beauty bosses to find financial freedom, create unlimited wealth, and to live their best lives. I think you really are going to enjoy this interview and here it goes. Hey, it's your host, Brandy Taylor. We have an awesome guest today, Helena Garrett. Welcome, Helena. Hello, you guys. I am so excited to be here. Me and Brandy are finally connecting. I feel like I've been following you for almost a whole year now. And I'm like, oh my God, we haven't done this sooner. We're too busy. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. I'm super excited to have you on. So before we learn about you and all the awesome things you're doing with your business, tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I think I I think one thing that would surprise your audience and even my audience too, is I'm such a girly girl, but I used to race dirt bikes and I won first place for about three years in a row. And it was just like, I feel like it's such polar opposites of what people expect from me. And I was a little like hardcore, like dirt bike racer back in the day. And then I, you know, traded that in for some tweezers and started lashing. (laughs) Oh my dirt bikes. I have a a story for you there. So I have an older brother and I had a cousin that was closer in age to me. That was my best friend growing up and the street I grew up in the neighborhood. It was all boys, you know, like (laughs) my age, I was the only girl. So I used to try to play softball with them. I sucked at that. I used to try to climb trees. There's even a picture of me with the wicker chair in the back with a jersey on. I was such a tomboy. Oh, yes. Hey, my cousin, I got a funny, I have this mark on my knee from Mm -hmm. when my cousin, he had the bikes and when he would take the wood and a brick to make a ramp, okay? He would oh, do it all day. So I tried to do it. And to, to this day, I have a huge scar on my knee that never went away from that accident. So <laughs> it's so oh, I funny. Love that. I love that. I feel like, you know, going into the beauty industry, it's like you have to have a little bit of tomboy in you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. For sure. So I definitely have a little and people probably would not think that like at all. But I was I was like I hung around all boys. I wore boy clothes. I used to try to play baseball. I was terrible at all of it. And I went through that phase, I think, until like middle school. And then all of a sudden I was like, it's cool to be a girl. Forget this, you know. And it's funny that you say that because we're both like wearing pink. You got your pink like headphones on your pink glasses. Like I would have never guessed that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That is too funny. But thanks for sharing dirt bikes. I would have never guessed you would be on dirt bikes, but I bet you wouldn't guess I was on a dirt bike jumping the ramp. (laughs) (laughs) So that is too, too funny. But uh, let's get into your beauty story. Like, how did you get into the beauty industry? Share a little bit about that with us. I feel like 
So way back when, even though I'm 25, um, when I was like 14, 15, I started, you know, working. I really loved like working and making money. And so I had, I swear to God, about 12 jobs before I was um, 17 at the time. And I worked at a bridal shop. I worked at a smoothie place and I really loved working, but I didn't, I always used to quit jobs like around like two months in, maybe three months in, because I would get really, really good at what I was doing. And I felt like I couldn't scale it. I couldn't build it. And these were just like smaller jobs as like a teenager, you know? So after um, I finished high school, I barely graduated. I think my GPA, I swear was like a two point one three maybe like I slipped by high school it was horrible and I was like you know what? I don't know if I'm made for college like I don't know what I want to truly do and I always loved like dressing up I loved makeup in between like my dirt bike riding and everything else and you know I really did love the beauty industry but it was never like an option for me my parents wanted me to be successful they wanted me to you know have a good career like all parents do and so I tried to get into real estate and real estate has a lot of numbers and I was not good at math and I did fail at that and I just came to the conclusion of you know I can't keep doing things to please other people and I can't just choose a career to make other people in my life and the people that I love happy and so I came to terms with you know what if I actually did something that I wanted to do what do I truly desire and it I was researching, I was looking into different jobs and I, I love design and I was thinking like interior design, but then it always came down to beauty and it came down to makeup. So the first thing that I wanted to do, like in the beauty industry was become a makeup artist. And so I was researching like crazy, like what aesthetic schools to go to. And it took me a while to even know what an esthetician was. I called my mom one day and I'm like, mom, I'm going to be an esthetician. And she's like, what the hell is that? Cause I would call her all the time. And I'm like, I have this job now and this job. So she was so used to it. And so I finally went to aesthetic school when I turned 20 and during aesthetic school, I found out that, you know, I do love makeup. I actually got a scholarship to do a magazine um, down in California for a week. And it was an amazing, amazing experience, but I truly fell in love with lashes. And that's kind of how I all got started in the beauty industry. I kind of tumbled upon lashes because it was so new back then. I live in Boise, Idaho. And about five years ago, that's when I got started. And there was maybe like five lash artists and no one really knew what lashes were. And so my mom was like, you're going to take something and apply it to someone's eye and they're going to pay you. And that's your career. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <clears throat> Wow. Wow. So did you like you had the opportunity to do makeup? Did you start off like pursuing a makeup career at that time or did you go right into lashes? You know, I was mostly I was mostly doing lashes at that time, but I was still building my makeup clientele. Um, we actually built like a side business off of my salon for just uh, bridal makeup. And we actually ended it about a year ago because it was just so much to handle with everything that we're doing now. So I still have a love for makeup, but you know how lashes are, you know, once you get a few clients, then they come back and then they refer their friends. And then all of a sudden I was supposed to be like a skincare makeup business 
business that turned into a lash business. And it kind of worked because I didn't love doing facials. I didn't love waxing. I just honestly loved lashes. And I love the way that people would just open up their eyes and there was just a transformation. And it was kind of like instant results too. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. That's, that is what I love about lashes as well. I like the transformation. That's what I did. And I love that about makeup too, but far as aesthetics, I feel that way as well. I went to school to get my license, but I didn't necessarily want to do facials and massages and waxing brows and doing manipulations for 30 minutes. No way. And sometimes they were an hour. I'm like, okay, when I get out of school, they're going to be an hour long. Like there's no way. So like, I also, for that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I feel you there. So you found that the lashes was your thing. Like when did, like, how long did it take you to really start to grow this lash business? You know, I had like no business experience. Um, I wanted to go to college for business, but obviously I was not good at math. And that was one of the things that they required you to do. So I'm like, I'll pass. Maybe I'll just try it on my own. So I read a ton of business books. I was listening to podcasts. I was just trying to get, you know, into the head of an entrepreneur and little old me, I was 20 years old building this lash business. I was still living with my a boyfriend at the time. And, you know, I had to pay for my first like rent. And so I had to rent out a little room. It was maybe the size of my closet now. And I had this tiny bed, my chair and a station. And basically I just kind of ran it from there. And like when I was growing that, it took probably six months for me to get like a full clientele. But I would say like the first two years was me, me just working on clients. You know, I still had my station that I was renting out. I moved locations to a better location. Um, I raised my prices. And then I got really bored. And I got bored because my work wasn't growing. I wasn't really growing. And I was like, you know what? I want people around me. I'm a very social person. I love working around people. I loved my clients, but I wanted more. And I just didn't know what that was until one day I was like, oh my God, what if I had like a full-blown salon? Like what would that actually look like? And granted, I didn't get any loans because I was only 20 years old and no one trusted me with money. And I wouldn't trust me with money back then either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I kind of grew it just by me putting money back into savings and pouring back into savings and really trying to work on being a self-funded company. And I didn't realize that at the time. And I didn't realize even to now we're still self-funded. And so all the profit were, you know, mostly pouring back into the business to allow it to grow and to expand. So year three was when I actually hired someone and that's kind of what took off in my business. And when I hired someone, it was I I was so eager and so naive and I'm happy that I was because I didn't think too much about it. You know, this 20 year old girl is trying to hire someone and give them a job. And there were a lot of girls who came to me that were above my age looking for jobs. And I had to present myself in a way where I had to look older. I had to speak older and I had to kind of start acting like a CEO, even though I didn't know it at that time. So that's kind of how I got started. And I would say, you know, it was pretty stagnant, like maybe year two, because I was trying to decide on what I wanted to do next. I knew that lashes wasn't my end goal. It was just the beginning and it would open up doors for me in the future. 
Great, great. So it sounds like you didn't know it, but you already really had the entrepreneurial mind. You know, that was like your thought process and how you do things was already very entrepreneurial. Starting off like like most people start off in a salon or start off like working under somebody, but you actually started off in your own suite. And, and I want to kind of talk about that because you said you got bored and everything because a lot of people nowadays, I don't know what it's like where you live, but there's sweets popping up everywhere. Like every, you know, like popping up and everyone, like even when I go talk at like beauty schools, they are ready to get their sweet as soon as they graduate, right? <laughs> and I'm like, no, that might not be a great idea for you. But I want you, to, now that you've like been in both worlds, I want you to kind of share like, what do you think the pros and the cons are to both sides to being in a suite and having, you know, being in a salon? Yes. I And I think like when I talk to beauty schools too, like people are so eager to just go out on their own. And honestly, you know, I feel like the schools kind of fail them in a way where, you know, that's the end all be all to be successful. You go and rent, you have your own business, but a lot of my lash artists underneath me, they're so successful, even though they're inside of a salon and they're working underneath me. So when like the pros and the cons between like having your own studio right off the bat, I would say the pros are, you know, it is your own, you get to build it, you get to have that kind of flexible schedule that everyone talks about. But in reality, I was still working like 10 to 12 hour days, because I had no boundaries. And I was just trying to make money at that point, you know, to try to survive. And I think I see a lot of people who go that route right away and they tend to struggle with it. They struggle with, you know, not having the information on how to market themselves, not knowing how to nurture that clientele or create an experience. And I was really fortunate because I was just pouring into my mind every single day with books and podcasts where that's kind of how I self-developed that kind of relationship with my clients and with marketing. So I think if you're that kind of person where you're going to invest in your knowledge, then it would maybe work out for you. But a lot of people, I would suggest starting off in a salon because you're going to learn so much from that salon. You're going to create relationships. You're going to get that knowledge of business and then you can go out on your own. And the cons about that, obviously you have to work for someone. You have to show up on time, all that fun stuff. But the thing is you still have to do that even if you're on your own. Plus you have to wear all the hats. You have to be the marketing person, the tax person. You have to be the the customer service, everything. So it's like, do you just want to focus on your skill of being a service provider and then being a CEO? Or are you capable of being a good service provider while learning how to be a CEO at the same time? And for me, um, I have ADHD. So I like to focus on a million different projects at once. And it fuels me and I can sort it out pretty well. I'm trying to scale back from that because I tend to do too many things at once. But for me, it was really easy for me to pour into myself and then pour back into my business and learn how to be a CEO while still perfecting my craft as a service provider. Yeah, well, it seems like you must have a system to that because you were able to build, being able to do, you know, multi-task and doing multiple things at once. Now, did you find it hard to scale this business? Because now you're at a position where you can hire people, you're opening your own space, like take us through this process. Yeah, so I think 
the building phase, I wish I enjoyed it more because the building phase was kind of easier than scaling. <laughs> the building phase was me working with clients and, you know, trying to get a clientele and learn how to market. That was basically kind of it and be a CEO. But for the scaling phase, you know, I think your first six figures that you hit is going to be one of the hardest things that you're going to do. But once you get past that, it's easier to generate that revenue, but it's hard to I would say manage that business. A lot of people think that they're ready to be at six figures or beyond, but they honestly don't have the systems or the processes in place to get there, such as like customer management, you know, how to deal with client retention, bad reviews. Um, and it's a lot of mental work, honestly, because you learn the systems, but mentally you're still where you were at when you were building. So then you have to take care of all your mental stuff. And usually when you find success in business, all those ghosts start to come out of the closet, those imposter syndromes, all those crappy beliefs that we have about ourselves. And I think that that's the most important thing with scaling is to keep on top of your mindset because you can hire people once you get processes down you can scale to multiple locations and multiple streams of income but the thing is you have to take care of yourself first in order to really fuel the business so like my goal this year is yeah we're scaling we're opening a location on the east coast which is absolutely amazing i'm writing a book i'm doing all these different things but i'm going to therapy twice a week because i want to make sure that i'm at that level where I need to be when I do hit a million dollars, you know, and I want to make sure that I can serve my company and serve the people underneath me. And if I don't take care of myself, everything that I build will kind of crumble down on me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting that you went in that direction, Helena, because I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with you about mindset because people don't realize that's the biggest thing. Honestly, if you, your mind isn't right, it's going to be really hard for you to grow, scale, or to run a business, let alone a six-figure business and handle all the things that come with that. And I think that's something that people fail to realize. They will invest in the bells and whistles. They think they need a new website or they need a, you know, this system or that, or they need to do this social media program or whatever they need to do, right? And some of those things may work, but all in all, if you're not together if your mindset you don't have a growth mindset and you're and you and you allow like you said imposter syndrome and stinking thinking to block you it's going to be very hard to build a successful business of any kind and it's a big thing that i think especially in the beauty industry that isn't talked about because as beauty professionals we're service providers we pour out a lot and you heard of the saying, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. We, we're taking in, you know, Mary's coming in. She's talking about the dog and everything, our family, our kids and what happened. And we're taking all of that in. And that's on a daily basis. On top of we may be mothers and wives and have outside lives in addition to our businesses. So it's very important that you take, you feed your mind and that you work on you and therapy is great. Like so many people, it's like such a weird conversation sometimes, but therapy can really work for you and help you, especially when you're when you're an entrepreneur doing all of these things. At times you can feel alone. I can remember coming home from doing lashes and you know, having maybe a bad client experience and wanting to throw in the towel several times. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm done, forget it. You know, and so, you know, and a lot of times I was alone because I didn't have a lot of other entrepreneurs that I could talk to about those things. And that can be hard too. 
Yes. And I totally agree with that because I feel like, at least for me, like I came from such a family, such a situation where things were very scarce. You know, I came from a very scarcity mindset and you can't find abundance within that kind of mindset. So once Mm -hmm. you do find abundance, you tend to pull back from it. You tend to go back to your old habits. And that's what I saw with my business and with, you know, me trying to be a leader, be a coach. I'm like, whoa, I'm impacting a lot of people's lives. I got to take care of myself. And Mm -hmm. I was one of those people where I felt like I needed to hustle, hustle, hustle to get stuff done. And that's how I grew up too. And then you can only do that for so long. You know, hustling is supposed to be a season, not like the whole thing. And so I decided I'm like, I can't keep working like this. I can't keep living like this because I truly wasn't happy, even though I built something so amazing. It just didn't, it still didn't hit me. And so, like you said, like therapy, I think is absolutely amazing. No matter who you are, what you're going through, we all got ghosts in our closets, you know, and you don't want them to come out when you're at your peak. You want to get through that now while you're working on yourself. So then you can accept that abundance in your business and in your life. Definitely. I will absolutely agree with that. And coaching as well. I know I, there's, I want to talk about the importance of coaching because I, I can tell you it has really helped me especially like sometimes my therapist, she can help me get through like the past stuff, the stuff that's still coming up from a childhood, you know, things like that. But the, but my coach can, you know, help me see, okay, it's time to step out. You need to do this so that I can get to the next level, wherever I'm trying to go. She's trying to help me think on a level where I can get there as a coach. And, um, and it's very important. And so I think I'm glad we're talking about this. Like, so working on your mindset is something that is very important as a beauty professional, any professional, but it's very, very important to run a successful business, thinking about therapy, getting some type of support, talking to someone, especially if you're feeling down or depressed or feeling imposter syndrome, or you like, you can't move forward. And then another thing that can help you is coaching as well. So I want to kind of talk about coaching and your perspective on it, but yeah, let's, let's dive into that a little bit. If you haven't heard of Gloss Genius and are serious about improving your beauty business, I suggest you check it out. Gloss Genius has become one of the industry's leading booking, marketing, and payment apps. And it's the only one that's smart, stylish, and here to support you. Tens of thousands of independent and small teams across salons or spas nationwide trust Gloss Genius to help them run their business. We can see why. You get beautiful, customized booking websites, easy client marketing tools, and the lowest fees on built-in payments and many more features for one low monthly price. The best part is that the Business Beauty Network podcast listeners get 20% off your monthly subscription, which makes your subscription under $20 per month. On top of that, the team at Gloss Genius will move all of your client info over, any notes, upcoming appointments, and services for free within a couple of days of signing up. To sign up for Gloss Genius, download the Gloss Genius app in your phone on the App Store and enter the code BBNBOSS. That's BBNBOSS. You will find more information in the show notes. Yes, I think that coaching goes like, so hand in hand with business, with mindset, with therapy, with strategies, like 
coaching to me, um, I had my first coach about, I would say two years ago, and she honestly changed my entire business, my entire life. Um, just because, you know, when you hire a coach, they've already been there. They've already done what you've done. They can see the other side. And what we tend to do as entrepreneurs, we tend to just keep doing what we know. And we don't really change things unless someone redirects us. Because like you said, it can be lonely at the top. It can be lonely while other people that you see are really successful on Instagram. And you're wondering, how do they do that? You know, I'm doing this and I'm still getting the same result. So for coaching for me, I think it's honestly life-changing because they can show you a roadmap on here are the exact steps to get there. And I'm a very visual person. I love knowing like, what's the next thing? How do I actually accomplish this? And I would rather, you know, have a roadmap instead of, <clears throat> excuse me, sit here and try to turn my wheels and try to figure out on, out on my own because I'm wasting time. I'm wasting energy. And I have people who rely on me, you know, to do the work and to be the CEO and to lead them. And, you know, we all need a friend. We need that support. And I want someone, you know, who's already done what I'm doing with a coach. And mm -hmm. so I think that coaching is honestly for everyone, everyone who, whether it's you starting your beauty business, scaling it to six figures plus, like there's a coach out there for you that can help you no matter what you're trying to accomplish. Right, right. And, you know, I don't know if you have experienced this, but as a leader, I realize that sometimes relationships can be weird. Do you notice like as you begin to grow as an entrepreneur, maybe you get to a certain income level, different things, people start to look at you differently, right? So then you become what you call the strong friend, right? The one that nobody checks on. Everybody thinks you got it all together, right? And so you can't, so it's hard for you to talk to people about things because like, you know, a, a problem I may have as an entrepreneur to a, to a nine to fiver, well, it must be nice. You know what I mean? But it's, yeah. I'm not bragging. I'm just, you know, explaining my problem. And so they can't relate sometimes. So sometimes I find that coaching you know, allows me to freely just kind of speak about the thoughts I'm having, you know, when it comes to like business and entrepreneur and how I'm feeling and being honest about it. Because sometimes if I'm honest, I can't always be honest with my peers. I can't always have certain conversations. I have to be filtered a little bit sometimes and careful about what I say because of the position that I'm in. And I think that's why it's really great too to have a good support system or maybe have entrepreneur friends that you could talk to, but sometimes that's what I use my coach for, you know, you know, for those things that I can't talk to everybody about. Do you agree with that? Oh, I totally agree with that because, you know, a lot of people like don't realize that you need people around you to have that support system, to be able to scale and to be able to grow. Because when you don't have those kinds of people, like you're left alone and then you're left alone with your own thoughts and your own problems. And when you tell people, they're like, girl, you're fine. I'm like, girl, I ain't fine. Like, no, like I'm struggling. Like I need help. And, you know, it's hard to also pour into people where maybe they don't quite understand the situation because they haven't been in your shoes. And so when you do have that coach, it's kind of like having that friend where they've been there, they've done that, they can help you. And, you know, they are there for you to be successful. Like they want you to win. 
And like you said, relationships do get weird. I've lost a lot of people in my life due to the growth and the scaling due to jealousy, due to us not matching anymore with our energies. And it can be lonely. And it's sad because it's like, okay, all of us want to get to this point and now I'm here and I want to bring all these people up with me. But at the same time, like I still need help too. And you can't forget about the people at the top or the people that you look up to on Instagram. Yeah, that is true. And I think people don't talk about that. It, it, it used to be the song. Uh, it's cold at the top. Make sure you have somebody to love you. Make sure you have somebody yes. that cares. Yes. <laughs> and I, yeah, you could be lonely and cold at the top. It's something like that. Like, and, I, and I'm like, yes, that is true. I'll, I'll put it in the uh, show notes. I think it's by Molly Music. It's something about, but that is so true. When you were saying that, I was just thinking about that. Like it can be. And so it was great to have that. And I encourage more people to do that. Now, I want to talk now. we're both coaches. So now, you know, we both have our experience as estheticians and lash, you know, techs and things like that and have grown our business and now doing coaching. I want you to kind of share, like, how did you get like get into educating and coaching? How did you go from scaling your business, having a team to now educating and coaching and what you do now? Oh, I think the turning point for me, cause I had a lot of people asking me like, how did you do it? And I helped like my mom grow her business to six figures within two years. I am helping my sister. Like I started with my friends and I didn't know it at the time that I was being their coach. I was just sharing like, well, this is what I did. Here you go. Like you do it too. And then they found like amazing success with it. And I had all these people reaching out, just asking me questions. And I just decided during the pandemic, when I was shut down and when things were closed that oh my gosh, I need to do something with this. Like people need me. They need to hear what I have to say. And I don't want like people to lose their businesses just because they didn't have a coach there for them or they didn't have a resource there for them. And I, I personally was struggling with finding resources when I first started. I was going to these, you know, older white men who have been in business for 50 plus years. And they looked at me like, what? Like you do what? Like why? They just didn't understand the beauty mm -hmm. of the all or the way that business even works with us. And so I was just trying to take pieces of their advice kind of, and then other people's advice and kind of put it together and make it work. And then after I found my coach, I was like, oh my God, I could really do something for the beauty industry. And this could be really awesome and powerful and people already need it. So during the pandemic, I created um, a whole course and a whole coaching program, which a six-figure beauty boss, my signature program that helps um, women scale to multiple six figures in their beauty business and also with um, multiple streams of income. So then you're not stuck behind the chair being a service provider. You can have a product line, trainings, online courses, all in the above. And so that's kind of how I got started with coaching. And I honestly fell in love with it. I, I thought that lashes were, you know, my passion, but once I got into coaching, I'm like, oh my God, I'm already such a good leader with my employees. And what if I were a leader with the industry? You know, what kind of movement could we create? And so over the past year and a half, I've helped over 80 people be able to reach six figures, be able to have multiple streams of income. And the results are life-changing and the results are my successes now too. And their success, I'm like, oh my God, what if we just kept helping women make more money have that freedom that they want and they can still be a service provider but what if they had other options to get that money what if they had other options for their life and what if they 
could fall more in love with their life and just in love with their business too. But I feel like a lot of service providers get stuck behind the chair working 10 to 12 hour days and then they don't have other identities, kind of like what we talked about, you know, identities of being a mom, a friend, a sister, a wife, you know, there's so many different things that we have to enjoy in life and it's not just about business. So how can we switch that with the beauty industry and allow them to find success in other ways? Definitely. I love that. And I'm all for like multiple streams of of income. And Helena, if you don't quit telling my story, like what are you? (laughs) (laughs) No, what I mean by that is it is like, we just have so many similarities. It's so funny, but (laughs) I think we were made to be best friends. (laughs) Right. Right. Cause I'm like, what? Cause when I, in 2020 was when I was already coaching, but it, I wasn't coaching beauty professionals. This is the funny part. <laughs> so Stop. I was already, I, so I was coaching and I, entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs, and I was already a pillar in the beauty industry because I was producing events, you know, where yeah. beauty professionals focusing on the business side of beauty because that was a passion of mine. And I was still doing lashes and makeup and stuff on the side. And then when everything happened, I was uh, working for a, a cosmetic company at the Sephora doors, like as a, a marketing trainer. And I went all over to train for this company. And of course I, you know, I was laid off and all of these things. And I was still like in that trying to build this coaching business. It really hasn't hit yet. Let me figure it out. And when everything was shut down and I was laid off and all those things, I had time to think. And something was like, why aren't you coaching the beauty industry? Like, why are you like, just like female entrepreneurs? What is this stuff? You know? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was saying that was when I made the shift to, you know, to co- to focusing on the beauty industry at that particular time. That's amazing. I, I feel like a lot of people made that shift during that time because we got to sit at home think about what do we truly want or think about what's not going right in our lives or how can we pivot? How can we switch things? And I think that that was so amazing for you because what if the pandemic didn't happen? Would you be able to fully shift? Could you still pivot or, you know, would it take some time for that? And that's why Mm -hmm. I think that too. If the pandemic didn't hit, I don't know if I would be a coach. I think I would still be, you know, working my salons and I would still be happy, but now I'm over I'm thrilled. I'm over the moon of what I get to do. And so I think that time gave us, you know, extra time to think about what do we want to actually do in our lives and in our businesses. Definitely. I would agree with that. So you talked about a few things like how you've helped over 80 people scale to six figures and all of these things. So I want to get some tips from you because you've worked with so many people in the industry. I know there has to be like things that you see, like trends, like certain things that you see, because I see it, you know, there are certain trends I see all the time. So let's talk about some of the things that you find that when they come to you in the beginning, before they're, you know, at the position that they are successful and making over six figures now, when they come to you, what, like, let's talk about three things that you see, three common things that you see yes. when beauty professionals come to you. This is so good. I'm glad that you asked this because I feel like the top three things I help people with and what they come to me with, that's like a reoccurring thing with almost every single one of my clients is that they're overworked and burnt out. They're working like 10 to 12 hour days. Um, They're hustling and they're charging too little. 
and they usually don't have multiple streams of income. And then also the third thing I would say is their mindset. Like they're still stuck in this lack of, like lack of money, lack of clients, and they can't shift it. And I think that that's so prominent in the beauty industry because I've coached nail techs, spray tanning artists, uh, lash artists, uh, PMU artists, and it's still so consistent. And once we are able to kind of redesign their business and redesign their mindset, they're able to think more clearer. They're able to make better decisions like a CEO is meant to be. And then they're able to see that profit come a lot quicker to them too, because now they built a business that holds the capacity for that, for that kind of abundance and profit. So I would say that that would be mainly the top three things. And that's pretty much like every single discovery call, everyone who reaches out to me, that's so prominent within the beauty industry. So they're booked and broke is what I call it. It's the first yes. one. Girl, I call it the book to broke, right? Because you have a book full of clients, you're busy all the time, but you don't, you're not really making any real money, so you're unhappy. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So how and do we get past book and broke? Go ahead. Yes. I would say honestly, the first thing I want you to do is really look at your schedule and say, does this make me happy? Like, why don't we ask that question more when we make decisions? Do I want to take this client or should I fire her? Should I raise my prices? Will it make me happy? You know, will it actually fund my business and give me a profit and pay myself? Because a lot of us, I know that I used to not pay myself back in the day and thank God I do now because dear Lord, I was just spending so much money. And also I just was booked and broke. I was charging way too little for my time and my value. And I feel like if we were to all take it up a notch with our time and our value and just recognize how much our time is worth, I think the whole beauty industry will level up as well. Yeah. But if I raise my prices, I'll lose all my clients. Oh, girl, you lose those bad clients. You don't even like them anyways. <laughs> You're going to fire them. I'm like, no. <laughs> I wanted to say that because I get that a lot. Like, yes. that's that's the, a big fear. Like, you know, there or some of them love their clients. Oh, Mary can't afford to pay more. And, you know, so what do you say to that? Yes, I've had clients who have been with me when I charged Oh, I charged $30 a full set. Are you serious? Not for lashes. No, it was bad. It was bad. And now, you know, we've charged way more. And so I've had clients follow me in the past five years and they go to some of my artists because I still do lashes, but really I do on my mom and her friends. So I wouldn't call myself a lash artist anymore. I've kind of retired those tweezers. Yes. So losing clients, I mean, obviously like you're going to get rid of them. Don't be afraid. And clients are going to stick with you because they see your value. They want you to grow. They want you to be successful. And the clients who are truly meant to be your clients are going to stay with you no matter what. And you're not in business to please people. You're here to create a result and to keep the clients happy, but also run the business. That's why you're a CEO. And if you're thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to raise my prices because my clients are going to be mad at me you're thinking more like a service provider but you need to make decisions whether they're good or bad for the business to be able to have profit and to be successful and sometimes that means letting go of some really nice clients but you're going to replace them with even better ones now how do you go about like let's talk about this because I think a lot of people struggle with this in the beauty industry so you know you need to raise your prices you want to level up and you started trying to do that but how do you go about like what are some things you should do when you're 
you know, shifting and, and you're going to lose clients and you're leveling up, like what should you, do you really be doing at this particular time when you're making that shift to scale? So now you're positioning yourself to make more money. You're firing clients. You're going through that process. What are some key things you think that beauty professionals should do at this time? I would make sure whenever we do a price adjustment, we never say a raise. We say we're adjusting our prices. We make sure that we are using vocabulary that seems very elegant. Um, And it doesn't seem like we're raising the prices and we don't really do an explanation. Um, We just say because of our value. Um, Sometimes we say because of the pandemic and other things too, just because you know how much things have gone up since the pandemic. Mm -hmm. We usually have a month full of content planned out that goes over the value of our services. We also have emails sent out that goes over our education, our team, the value of coming to us. So then even if they decide to go, they know our value. They see it on social media. They see it in the salon. They're getting emails. And we let them know, hey, if this isn't a right fit for you anymore, we have a list of people that we can send to you that might work better for, you know, what you're wanting to pay for. So we usually refer them to other people. So we don't just let them go and let them be. We usually want them to be taken care of and maybe they're just not the best fit for our salon anymore. And that's okay. And even when we fire a client, we kind of act like it's a breakup, you know, unfortunately, I don't think that this is going to be a good fit anymore. So we do have a list of people that we've done some research for you. These might be a better fit due to your time, due to the pricing, whatever it is. So we try to make it as elegant and professional as possible. Whenever we do a price raise, we maybe lose, I would say 5% of our clients. So we're not losing a ton of people just because of all the systems and different things that we're putting through. But if you do lose more than 5%, that's amazing. Like then you get a whole extra day to be a CEO. You get extra time to work on your business, maybe create a new stream of income. So just because you don't have clients right now doesn't mean that you're a bad business owner or that you're a bad service provider. That means that you just have extra time to really work on your business and maybe do something else that you've been wanting to do forever. Like, you know, train someone in lashes or train someone in, you know, working for you too. Mm-hmm. I love that. Great tip, Selena. I love that. I uh, talk about that a lot as well. Like just finding, um, you know, other ways to add value. Like you said, training. And this could be a great time to work on your marketing, to work on things that you've been behind the chair you haven't had time to work on. So take advantage of that time as you're, you know, shifting and refocusing your business. And it takes some big girl pennies, though, to fire clients. I know a lot of people find that hard to do, but sometimes you do have to do that. And just learning how to have tact with that and being professional. And I love that, like, how you're the verbiage and and just even how you're promoting, like, 30 days up until that point. Those are really great tips, you know, just letting them know so that it's not a shocker. They're getting prepared for the changes. And then helping them to understand and, and, and reiterating the value that you bring to the market. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I really want to see more of that too, because I feel like, you know, this is a multi-billion dollar industry, but on the like maybe product and cosmetic side, do you know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. But when you talk about what's, what beauty professionals do as service providers, 
they make a difference in people's lives. We make a difference in people's lives. We make people look beautiful for their events. We make we do their lashes and their hair and their makeup and their nails, and we make them look good. And that is very important because if you think about how a person looks when they go on TV for their job, or maybe they're going to an interview or on a date with their husband or whatever, or a concert or whatever it may be, it's very important. It's usually an important occasion. And some people need to look good every day because of what they do. And that's great too for us, right? because we want to serve those clients as well. But it's something that happens to a woman when she's beautified, when she looks her best, and there's a shift and a change, and there's an impact that we have on their life. And I think I want to see more people in the industry really owning and, and embracing the impact that we have on people's life and charging accordingly. And more of us should have like, I feel like all beauty professionals should be making six figures or more in their businesses. But if you Google, right, if you Google in your state, you'd be like 29,000, what? (laughs) You know, you know what I mean? You're like, what? What number is that? Yes, if you Google, have you Googled it? Like they every state, every state. Yeah, I think the average in the US for estheticians is like 29,000. Yes. Which is insane and even like business owners like only six percent of women own businesses not just the beauty industry actually hit six figures that makes me want to poop in my mouth only six percent of us that's insane why aren't there more is it because we're not charging our worth do we not know our value it probably is you know and I got chills when you were talking I'm like yes we need to own our worth and understand what we're doing for other women you know, we're making them feel confident. We're able to get them that, that job that they wanted, you know, or be able to go on that hot date that they've been wanting to go on, you mm-hmm. know, you're literally changing lives by just doing an amazing service on them. Yeah. And even if it might be like a small piece, I know, like when I look good, I feel good. Like, you know, like when you have your hair done, right. Or your makeup's right. You're like, I feel like I walk a little differently. Like, yes, I'm cute today. You know? Yes. <laughs> Oh, it does something for people. And that's important. I know it's important for me. It's important for a lot of people. And that's why this industry does thrive. And I want to see more service professionals in this industry definitely tap into that because it's not just about a cosmetic line. You could thrive as a, as a service provider as well. And But before we go, we got to get into multiple streams of income really quick. I do want you to kind of tap into that because that's a really big thing that I think people sleep on in this industry. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. We just saw that with everything with us being able to be shut down and all of these things that happened a couple of years ago that's been going on. So you don't want to have all of your eggs in one basket. You do need multiple streams of income. But a lot of times beauty professionals find that hard to do. Sometimes like, can I do something outside of the beauty industry? If that's something I'm interested in, will that kind of clash with what I do now? Or how will I even have time? But I know a lot of people like struggle when I say that, like, maybe you can ask some other income, well, where do I begin with that? So give us some tips on that. I think, you know, it's honestly depending on what you want and you can still be very niche down and still have multiple streams of income. Like for my salons, we have 
courses, we have products and we still have services and all we do is just lashes, you know? So you don't have to be thinking outside of the box. You can do exactly what you're doing now and create another stream of income. One of the fastest, I would say, streams of income to create is going to be like a course. It's going to be one of the most amount of profit. And then also you're going to be able to get more impact within the industry, whether you're teaching your clients something or other service providers, that's going to help you really generate revenue. But then also retail, you don't have to private label yet, but you could just wholesale from a company and sell lash shampoos to your clients. That's like instant reward. And everyone needs a lash shampoo when they have lashes. Oh, yeah. There's so many quick fixes that you can do where you don't have to think too much about different streams of income. And it can be just simple. And a lot of people think, oh my God, do I need to hire employees? No, girl, you can be successful with or without employees. You don't need them. I have some of my coaching clients, they create well over six figures and all they do is sell lash shampoos and maybe they have a course or maybe they just have some real retail products or maybe they're just an educator. So you don't have to be everything to get six figures. I personally love all streams of income and I just love mastering each one, but you don't have to do that. You just got to figure out what you think is the best for you and still stay niche down. You don't have to have all the products and the world to be successful you can have a hot selling product and be able to get that to six figures too yeah I absolutely agree with that now honestly when as a as an esthetician makeup artist I was doing lashes and makeup and I started educating makeup artists on how to get into the industry but I was doing it face-to-face so it was in my local area but I had a great run with this and so I had a lot of it was a lot of girls who wanted to get into the makeup game like they wanted to be an artist they wanted to learn how to build their book and there was so much miscommunication like on what you buy for your kit and all these things on social media that they were looking for guidance and at this particular time I had worked on films I had been in magazines and publications and done things of that nature so therefore I was able to use that that's that's my street cred what they call your receipts right my receipts right so that was my receipts so I was like okay I got my receipts so now I can start educating and I started creating a course and I actually created a 12 week course to help makeup artists, you know, learn how to start their career as an artist. And when I added educating in, that was when I hit well over six figures. Yes, because you have more impact, you know, and I honestly love education because you get to see that instant results, just like lashes, you get to see their success, you get to follow along with their journey. And then that profit too, like you're making, if it's in person, it's usually around like 70% profit or more, you know, online courses can be all the way up to almost 90% because it's Mm -hmm. pretty and there's not a ton of expenses. So there's so many different ways that you can do, you know, multiple streams of income. There's not one size fits all, you know, you can make it into whatever you want it to be. Right. I, I, I agree with that, but I tell you, do it though, find whatever it is and that's going to work for you and your business model and add it in because that was the, the game changer for me when I started educating. And I truly believe me educating actually helped me become a better coach. And it helped me, you know what I mean? Because I was, you know, running these classes and working with, you know, it was a lot of like, sometimes it was hard for people to get through the program, a lot of mindset issues and things. Yeah. So a lot of mindset issues. So we had to work on that just to even to get them to complete their program and, Mm -hmm. and, and dealing with a lot of those things. And so, yeah, I think it definitely helped me, but I absolutely think 
that find what's going to work for you or something that's going to something that you don't mind doing or find something that you can like maybe like like if you write an ebook you sit down one time and write the ebook and then it's kind of done right it's done after that and you can just make money in your sleep off of it that's another way too so like maybe if you do a certain technique you can teach your technique and sell it in an ebook you know or a course like you said but try to find a way or, or retail is always great selling products, trying to find a way to retail is always great as well, but never put all your eggs in one basket and try to find, you know, find a way to supplement your income and have multiple streams coming in for sure, for sure. Yep. So yeah, so this is great. I feel like we could definitely talk all day, Helena. I know. (laughs) I feel like we need to have like a full day or like a mastermind or something. I'm like, you guys just listen to us talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But this is great. Do you have like, what are you uh, working on right now? What are you excited about right now? Is there a certain program or anything that you're, you know, focused on this year? Yeah. So this year I'm really focusing on six figure beauty boss, which is my signature 12 week program where you do create multiple streams of income. You learn how to get a pathway to six figures. We also have a secret project that I haven't mentioned yet, um, but I'm going to mention it here. Just keep on the DL for now. We're creating a membership where we help you either start your business and we have different income levels of where you're currently at. And we help coach you to get to that next income level. So we want this program to be, okay, here's how you start. Here's how you make six figures, half a million dollars and up to a million dollars. So we help you all along the way too. And then I also am working on a book um, and it's going to be more of a money mindset book because a lot of my coaching clients have a lot of beliefs and issues around money, especially once they have abundance of it. So that book I'm hopefully going to release in December. I'm giving myself some time since it is my first book but I have a couple different projects going on and I really wanted this year to be about education about lifting women up because honestly all of us need to be making more money great now Helena how do you stay motivated Ooh, that's such a good one honestly I would say I love painting. I love being creative. If I don't have some kind of outlet, I tend to just consume myself with work. So I can stay motivated with podcasts, with reading, with painting, just kind of like pouring more into my feminine side because I feel like I'm very masculine with getting stuff done with business, but my feminine side still needs to be nurtured too. So the more that I pour back into myself and do those fun things and be social and go out and I love traveling, that motivates me to keep doing more. Awesome. Awesome. Now, where do you, you talked about podcasts a lot. So I know you listen to podcasts and I do too. So where do you go for inspiration? Like there, is there a certain book, a certain podcast that we need to know about? Let us know. Yes. Okay. You guys should all read Rachel Rogers new book. We should all be millionaires. Mm -hmm. Absolutely amazing. I also love John Maxwell. He's more of a leadership development author. Um, His book leadership is really, really good, especially if you're looking into leading, whether it's education or, you know, a team and then also podcasts. I love Gary Vee. He just kicks me right in the ass, right where I need it every single time. Love it. Love it. I love all of those. Well, Helena, thanks so much for sharing. Before we go, tell everybody how they can connect with you and find you on the World Wide Web. Yes. So you guys can find me on Instagram at Helena Means Business um, and then also HelenaMeansBusiness.com. And then I have a podcast as well called Six Figure Beauty Boss. Awesome. Awesome. I'll have all Helena 
all of Helena's information in the show notes. Make sure you follow her and connect with her. Helena Garrett, everyone, as always, stay great. And we are out. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. Make sure you subscribe. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I want to hear from you. Email me at info at businessbeautynetwork.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and Facebook at I am Brandy Taylor. I want to connect with you. So let's stay connected. And remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.